0: We are so glad you're here. Man, God is on the move. God is on the move in our city. God is on the move in our nation. God is on the move in our church. And we are so thankful. And I want to just tell you two things real quick. Number one, sign up for heaven's gates and hell's flames. Sign up. Whatever you can do, whatever you can do to be a help and to be a blessing to help win souls for Christ. That is our goal is to win souls for Christ. Again, I'm going to say it. This is not a church growth event. This is a kingdom growth event. And I just want to encourage you, sign up. Whether you just work in the parking lot or you're an usher or you're an actor or you're set up or tear down or clean up or whatever, sign up. Be a part of this. Be a part of what God's doing in this, in this uh, city. And help you, you, you're not comfortable maybe leading someone to Christ by you serving in this event you are helping leading leading somebody to Christ. Amen be a part, be a part with us now i'm kind of taking a little bit of a a change of change of course this morning i've been talking about absolute blessing, and I believe we're going to go back there probably next week but um I told you guys I went to a a conference two weeks ago and while I was, I felt like the Lord just gave me a scripture to preach and I believe it is directly for our church and for us as Christians and believers and unbelievers and I have left my teaching Bible in my office and I can't believe I've done that, Um, so no, no, we can't do that that quickly, but Um, Turn with me, everybody, if you brought your Bibles, and we're going to put it on the screen for you, but please turn with me, if you've got it, to Galatians chapter 1. A friend of mine once told me how to find the books of the Bible, and the one way to find Galatians is GE Power Company. G for Galatians, E for Ephesians, P for Philippians, C for Colossians. If you can find one of those, you'll find them all. So Galatians chapter 1. All right, everybody there? All right, thank you. Let's go here. I'm in the New King James. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Let's just stop already. Let's go back. Bring that. Hey, uh, you're going to just have to chase me. Is that you, Mikey, back there? Just chase me around a little bit. An apostle, you know, your calling is not from man, it's from God. You can stand strong as you begin to find your purpose, your walk, why you're here, why you're called. And by the way, if you can hear me this morning, you're called. God's got a plan for you, and it's not put in place by man, it's put in place by God. And Paul's standing here saying, hey everybody, this is the apostle Paul. Not placed here by man, but placed by God. Through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. I want you to know our position is firmly, um, is in place firmly by God. You've been made for a reason. Now we need to find that reason. Amen. The church needs to find the reason we're here. Amen. Alright, let's keep going. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia grace to you and peace from God the Father our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present age according to the will of our God and Father Jesus gave himself for our sins Um, as we were singing this morning how he loves us you know this overwhelming feeling of I can't express enough I can't I can't sweat enough, I can't shout enough, I can't yell enough, I can't be crazy enough to express how much He loves us. And we as Christians, I believe, grow so numb to the fact that we're a child of God. And why are we a child of God? Because He gave Himself For our sins. He gave himself so that we would not have to pay the price that we deserve to pay. We should get up every morning and thank the Lord Jesus Christ that I'm not responsible for what I've done. You get up this morning and you don't have a reason to rejoice. Let me tell you number one, you're not going to hell. And you're not on the hook for what you've done. At least not with the King of Kings. Some things here on the earth we have to walk through. And we do. And we need to. And it's to strengthen us. And it's to better us. And it's to get us ready for the next thing. Even the trials that we're going through are there to help prepare us for what's coming. God's not going to hit you with something that you're not capable of getting through. And he sent his son to deliver us from this present age. Why did did God send His Son to die for our sins? He tells us right here. So that He might deliver us from this present age. We are battling the things of the flesh. We are battling the things of this world. We are battling the kingdom of hell. God sent His Son to redeem us from our sins, to cleanse us of our sins to prepare us and to equip us and to deliver us from what we're walking through right now. According to His will. It's His will to deliver you from what you're walking through in the flesh, what you're walking through in the demonic, what you're walking through. It is His will. Are you battling something today? It is God's will. He sent His Son for your sins that He might deliver you from what you're battling right now. Now, we get up in the morning and we don't have a reason to rejoice. That's a reason to rejoice. And you can start there. You may not have anything else to start on. Let me tell you, that's a pretty good start. How many of you, don't raise your hand, how many of you get up in the morning and need some reason to rejoice? Praise God, I am not on the pathway of my sin That pathway got changed when Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and when I chose to serve Him and to receive Him. My path changed. Everybody with me? Why did He do it so that He might deliver us? And why would He deliver us? Because it's His will. Okay, if you noticed already this morning, I'm not getting far from Scripture. I don't think we have to. God gave us His Word so we can learn from His Word. Let's keep going. Verse 5, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's right. Verse 6, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. This word called, verse 6, who called you. This word called is to invite or to summon, to participate in the kingdom, in the blessing of, of the kingdom. Do you know this word called? Do you know why you're called? Is so you'll have a part in the kingdom. You have a part to play. This word called means to invite or to summon. This calling is to say, hey, you need to be a part of the kingdom. you out here running around doing your own thing and coming to church every now and then and just rejoicing. That's not your part. I have called you to something specific in my kingdom the church I'm preaching to the church we're going to get to the lost in just a minute but right now it's the church you have a job to do in the church this is a letter to the church it ought to be okay for the pastor to charge his church and we're, we're part of the church and we're here today to receive from God's word, right? And I'm not straying from God's word. This is a word to the church. We are called. And what does it say here? I'm surprised how soon you are turning away from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Verse 7, seven which is not another. Now, if y'all don't care, we're going to jump real, real quick to John chapter 14, Verse 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 14. I'm going to mark this so I don't lose my place. John, chapter 14, verse 16. And it says, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper. This, This word here, another, is the same word. And you know what it means here? Now, I've talked about this before. If you've been under my teaching for a while, this word another is one just like the same. Jesus is talking about, hey, I'm about to leave. But the Father's going to send somebody just like me to be with you. And he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. This scripture here, though, if we go back to Galatians chapter 1, verse uh, 7. Can you go back for me, uh, Mikey? Which is not another. You have turned from my word, from my will, from my way that is not another. What is he saying? This is not my word. This is not my spirit. You have turned, the church has turned away from what I have designed the church to be. Now, immediately we want to think, oh, no, 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 not us. Not me. I want everyone to think, could it be me? Can we take a moment? You know what what this moment basically reflects or basically will lead you to? Repentance. So many times we think as Christians, as we walk, as we walk through our life, we're done. When the pastor talks about sinners, he's not talking about me. I don't need to repent. I've not done anything. Watch out. Do you know that if you think you can't be deceived, you're probably already deceived? And we've got to be able to approach every single day as, Lord, your word says repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. That's me. I need to repent. I need to come clean. I need to look at myself in my church walk, in my Christian walk, in my walk with my marriage. Have I turned over to something other than God's plan? Because I need a correction. And the day you think you don't need a correction is the day the word says that you're a fool. And I don't want to be a fool. I have been a fool. And I don't like being a fool. So how do I avoid being a fool? Humble myself. Ask the Lord to reveal my issues. How many here has got an issue? Reveal my issues and help me with my issues. And help me to walk according to your word. Because it shows us right here that the church, under Paul's teaching, can get off. You all with me? I am not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to get us on track. Alright, so verse 7, I have, let's go back, this is good for me too, let's see, verse 7, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ Satan perverts the word, it is so easy to get off even in scripture it's so easy to take it the way we want it to be, God I'll serve you as long as you make this scripture work my way. Rather than, Lord, what do you mean here? And how do I get on board to that? All right. Verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Now, this is This is huge all my Sunday school teachers, all my life group teachers, you children's teachers, this is big, that we preach the gospel. According to God's will. Why? It says if we preach any other gospel. That means if you start preaching your gospel. What does this mean, a curse? It's this word that is anathema. Alienated from God without hope of being redeemed it is so easy to let these scriptures go right over your head and just keep reading what's the next verse what's the next verse but when we preach a gospel other than God's this word accursed means to to go down a path without hope of being redeemed it is very serious what we preach pastor I'm not a preacher yes you are yes you are you're saved, you're called, you are to go and win souls for the lost you're to sign up for heaven's gates and hell's flames (laughs) pastor that sounds like your gospel, yeah but it's to win the lost that's your calling, we're going to help you find that calling isn't that the role of the church yeah sign up All right. but I want you to catch this verse 9, but as we said before So now I say again, if anyone preaches the gospel, then what you have received, let him be accursed. Is this deja vu all over again? Is that not what we just read? If you didn't get the importance the first time, Paul took the time to say it again. What does that mean? When you have to repeat yourself to your child before they've ever even responded, why are you repeating yourself? Because it's important. Because your life lays in the balance. So, how do we preach something that is God's gospel? We've got to know it. We've got to be filled with it. We've got to be filled with that another. We've got to have the spirit of God in us so that when we do speak, we speak under his authority and according to his will. Can you see how important it is on Sundays and on Mondays and Tuesdays that you get filled with the Word of God and with the Spirit so that what comes out of your mouth is accurate? Did you ever think church would be so important? I have these moments where, uh, you know, there's no response and people have told me, Pastor, people are just trying to process just grunt. Just make a noise to let me know you're, you're there. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, he repeated himself. Paul is realizing that the glory of the redemptive work of Christ and the destiny of souls are at stake. This, again, this thing with heaven's gates and hell's flames, I believe we could easily see a hundred salvations. Easily. I'm Elizabeth saying 500, But easily, is it worth a hundred? What's worth a, what's worth one soul? All right. Verse 10. For I do now persuade men, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I for if I still please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. What is this saying? You have got to constantly look at your motives. What is my motive in what I'm about to say? Is it for me or is it for God? I'm telling you, Church, I'm charging you to consider everything that you're doing according to the walk, your walk with the Lord. Everything. Verse eleven. But I make known to you, brethren, that this gospel which was preached to me is not according to man. For neither I received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through me through the revelation of Jesus Christ. This that he's speaking did not come from his religious upbringing. He was brought up religiously. He was one of the top religious people. Do you remember what he was doing? He was going and killing and seeing to it that the people that were following Jesus Christ would die he was going after them, he was chasing after them and everybody knew what he was doing. He came from the side of religion. He did not receive this from his teaching, he received it from the revelation of Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, how do we, the church, receive this revelation of Jesus Christ? How do we receive this same revelation? Do we need to have an Emmaus road where a light shines down on us and blinds us? Yeah, that'd be good. I think that'd work. Don't you? Do we need to be physically blinded and then dramatically healed? Yeah. I think that would work too. That's what it took for Paul. I don't know if the Lord's saying, you know what, it's going to be tough to get him. I would better really, as my dad says, do a number on him. Is it likely that that's going to happen? No. No. Then how will we get it? From the Word of God. From the Word of God. Do you know they didn't have this? We have this. We have the revelation of Jesus Christ right here in front of us. And how many of you know is maybe you don't know any scripture, maybe you don't even know God's way, but as you start to read, something happens in you and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you so much more than what you read. Now it's all here, but so many times when I'm obedient and just start reading, the Lord starts speaking to me. I start to gain and right here in the word do I get the revelation of Jesus Christ and who he is. Who is he? He is he who the father sent to redeem you of your sins so you would be delivered from the age the world, the, this age. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is what the world needs. That's what the world does not have. That's what the heavens gates and hell's flames is to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is that? that you are going to hell unless you receive him. Here it is. There is power in the testimony as you speak. We receive this revelation from the testimony in the church. That is the purpose of the church, to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the church is to reveal the revelation of Jesus. We receive this revelation in the church. It is, what is the revelation of Jesus Christ? It is freedom from the law. This is Coth. I say this, I'm going to keep saying this, Coth, church on the hill. Coth's calling, your calling, my calling is what? To release the revelation Of the gospel of Jesus Christ and when we go out of here and we hold a piece of tape over our mouth at work we are missing the calling of the church we're missing the calling of us individually pastor you don't know what's gonna happen if I do that no I don't but let me tell you nothing's gonna happen if you don't God can move if you do maybe I'll lose my job maybe you will I can't tell you you won't. But is God in control or not? Can God get you another job? Pastor, I've been without a job for so long. Well, go tell everybody about Jesus. You can't lose it again. I'm not saying to be, to get up on your soapbox and start yelling at everybody. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when you're at lunch, tell somebody about the Lord. Give somebody some hope. Give somebody hurting some hope. And you know what? Just tell him what he's done in your life. Don't start giving them religious rules and all this nonsense that you've got to walk through. No. They need to know there's hope. Give them hope. Verse 13. Man, I thought I'd be done so quickly. Isn't that funny? Verse 13. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism... How I persecuted the church of God beyond the measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of the contemporaries in my own nation. Being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my father. What's he saying? He's saying, I got a past. And it's a bad past. I was nasty. You think you were nasty? I was nasty. I was uh, the head of getting people in chains getting people thrown in jail getting people killed for Christ What could be worse than that? Everyone has a past. I have a past. The apostle Paul had a past a bad one. A past. My past and my past I was going to hell. Do you know what I got saved at 5? But I believe I turned and I believe I was going to hell. Pastor, what do you do with once saved, always saved? I don't know, but I know I was a sinner and I wasn't serving the Lord. Let me ask you a question. Can the church go to hell? Can, can no, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Because if you're in the church, you've received Jesus Christ. But can people that go to church all their life go to hell? Yes. Again, I want to question you is that me? Because I want you to know, I was spirit-filled at 17, and I got wilder than I'd ever been after that. Was I going to hell? I don't know. I certainly felt like it. I was living like it. Was I still a child of God? Yes, I do. I'm not going down that in theology today. But doggone it, something had to change, or else I really wasn't a child of God. I was just playing my parents' game. Mom wanted me to get filled with the Spirit. Okay. Okay. Let me get saved at five, okay. There came a time where it was on me. There's a time, and that time's today, it's on you. Am I really saved or am I not? How am I living? What's in my heart? What's coming out of my mouth? Where am I? What a good question. Everybody wants to go off to college and leave for go to Europe to find themselves. You don't have to go to Europe to find yourself, you go to the cross. You go to Jesus. He'll show you. And he'll forgive you. And he'll restore you. Mm, Boy. Oh, Jesus, help me. Where am I? Verse 13, where was I? Verse 14? Verse 15. But it pleased God who separated from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. It pleases God to take you where you are. And to separate you from it. Not only did he pay this whole price and give you everything that you need. Prepare you for an abundant life. Prepare you for deliverance from what you're walking through. To be your provider. To be your healer pastor. I don't know that. Well it's time to know that. Because it pleases him to get you. To receive you. It pleases him to call you. Do you see that? When it pleased God. What what pleased God? Verse 16 To reveal His Son in me Do you know that when you go to your work And you talk about Jesus It pleases God He wants to reveal His Son in you That I might preach among Him the Gentiles I did not immediately confer With the flesh and blood You know what? your first instinct is I wonder how they are going to react ignore that ignore that get it out of your mouth get Jesus out of your mouth it will please God and it will give it will then put the responsibility of that soul on God his word says it will not return void but it will accomplish what it was set forth to do the problem is you've got to speak it. Can I can I finish? Yes, I can. Turn with me real quickly to uh, chapter two. I'm sorry, hang on. Verse 16. To reveal this unto me that I might preach. Verse 17, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Paul took some time alone to spend with the Lord where God revealed to him the salvation of the gospel. You need to take time with God. Verse 2, and I'm almost done. Chapter 2, verse uh, 11. Chapter 2, verse 11. Now, when Peter, are you with me? When Peter had come to Antioch, I stood with him face to face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were in the... Fearing those who were of the circumcision. Uh, Joe McGee talked about this just for a moment. But I want you to catch this. When Peter was with the Gentiles, he hung out and he ate their food and he socialized and he did the Gentile thing. But when Jews showed up, he separated himself. He wouldn't eat with them anymore. He He wouldn't even act like he knew them anymore. What is that? That's where we come in here to church and we act one way. Then come Monday we act another way. We can do this church thing on Sunday, but leave me alone on Monday. And this is Peter. You feel bad for doing that? Join the crowd. We've all done it. We all do it. We as Christians play the game, same game on Sunday, but a different game on Monday. 13 and the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. It's it's contagious. Real conversion. We want to use the word salvation, but can I change that? Conversion. Real conversion is a total life change. I, I hope that when I'm with you at lunch, where's my friend Bruce, I had lunch with Bruce this week I hope I'm the same guy up here on stage that I am with you when I sit down to eat I I am who I am and I'm not I'm trying very hard not to play a game same thing with my walk with Christ I don't want to be one way in here with you on Sunday ready to lay hands on you, to pray with you to believe the spirit of God to come through for you and then on Monday be somebody different conversion is a total change I'm not a transformer. I'm not non-Christian on Monday and a Christian on Sunday. Are you all with me? Anything less is a game. Is there partial salvation? Is there one day a week salvation? You know it says take up your cross daily. Luke 9, 23 says, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What does that mean? That means every time I go into my business, every time I walk out of here, every time I go home, I've got to take up my cross and realize what price has been paid for me and what is expected of me and what is God looking for from me because I want to please him. I want him to bless me. I don't want him just to bless me on Sunday and then come Monday, Lord, just leave me alone. I'm going to screw everything up Monday through Saturday and hope the Lord will rescue me on Sunday. That is where the church is. And I want you to know it does not work like that. Try try having a marriage like that. Will your spouse put up with that? No. No. Try doing your job like that, working one day and checking out five days. Good luck with that. You know what? We we meet expectations everywhere but the church. Or we try. We try to meet expectations in our home. We try to meet expectations in our jobs. We try to meet expectations in our friendships. We don't meet expectations with the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. The, ch- the church has got to wake up. You want to know why America's where it's at? It's because of the church. It's not because of the president. It's not because of Republicans and Democrats. It's because of the church. As the church goes, so goes the nation. You want your pathway to be godly? The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord not just the steps of a righteous man on Sunday now if we can get this I don't know what this expression means but Katie bar the door don't bar the door there will be no containing it there will be no containing it dying daily to self to live for Christ you cannot receive salvation by conver- or conversion by works it's impossible you're not good enough. Verse 17. Verse 17. Chapter 2, verse 17. Where are you? But if, we, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? What is that saying? Can we, can, can we just kind of sneak by and, and, and sin? No. We can't. Does Christ let us off the hook with sin? No. If we go back to the regular way that, uh, to live, I'm not saved. I'm still a sinner. Pete, I'm going I'm to run the risk of uh, embarrassing you a little bit. And you can tell me if I can say this second service. But I'm going to say this first service. We were talking in the car about something that, that was wrong to do. And uh, trying to make a decision. Do we go down this road or do we not? And Pete says, it's okay. You can repent. And you know what? That is a a great lesson. As much as that might have hurt you or it might hurt you right now, I want you to know that is a great lesson to learn. We cannot play the game of I can get away with this because I can repent later. What the problem begins to happen is it's not in your heart. You're playing a game. And I believe that's where, I don't want to say it's where Church on the Hill is, but I believe that's where the church is as a nation. We're playing a game. We think that we can go ahead and have this adulterous relationship on Monday and repent on Wednesday. That we can look at those nasty pictures on our computer on Monday and repent on Tuesday. You know what? Your your heart has got to change. That doesn't mean you won't still have temptations. That doesn't mean you won't still fall down. You will. But at that point, you repent. You try with everything in you to shake Satan off of you. And when he gets you, you get back up and you repent and you go try again. But you do not walk into it with the expression, that's all right, I can repent. You know what that is? That's greasy grace. And that is the gospel of another. That is a gospel of another. The charge today is, number one, do you know Jesus Christ? Pastor, the picture you've painted today does not seem like it's that advantageous. Let me tell you, it's the greatest thing ever. It sounds like I've been so harsh today, I haven't at all. What I'm trying to do is to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ in the church. If we can grab hold of this, our steps will be ordered by God the things we walk through, He will be with us. He will not forsake us. He will deliver us from what we're walking through. He will give us the breakthrough that we're looking for. He will give us the provision that we've been looking for. The problem is when we play the game, we shut off the ability of Him blessing us. And we wonder why we screw up our lives all week and then expect God to fix it all on Sunday. He says to be righteous... To practice righteousness as I am righteous. That means you're not perfect, but try. Try. It says, if you love me. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Pete, I want you to know that was a great word. It may have come at a difficult pathway, but I'm glad you could learn that at 13 and not at 30. Father in the name of Jesus, I just ask right now, if there's somebody here that does not know Jesus, that right where you sit that we just make this simple, that you just say, I believe in you, Jesus. Save me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Save me, Jesus. You may be here today and you may say, Pastor, that is me. I am the Sunday Christian. I want you to know that Jesus sent His Son not so you could be a Sunday Christian, but so that you could genuinely be His child. A child of God every moment. Have the provision of God every moment. Have the protection and the presence of God every moment. right where you sit I just ask you just to look at yourself and I just ask you I just encourage you repent for the kingdom of heaven is near come clean before the Lord and step out of here trying to walk every day for Christ would you do that church every day Father I thank you that you've given us a way you've given us a way out you've given us a way to your redemptive power to your restoring power now let it be done in this church let the men stand up and be men of God let the women stand up and be women of God let us stop playing the church game and start taking up our cross daily help us to get in your word and to be filled with your spirit and to be a change agent in this city Just bless your holy name you guys stand up with me as we sing if you've got a prayer need this morning we want to pray with you Maybe you need breakthrough. Maybe your life's falling apart. Maybe you've got one of those addictions that I mentioned over alcohol or drugs or pornography or depression, whatever. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe your legs are hurting. Your back's hurting. Arthritis. I want you to know my God is mighty to save. Would you step out? Will those praying, and come on down? And let us pray with you as we sing.